0: Scouser podcast. Uh, it's part of our official Liverpool Sporter Club spotlight session where this week we have Robbie Robb who is the secretary and the chief officer of the supporter Club
1: out of Miami. Uh, Robbie, thanks for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, Let's start with you. I mean, uh,
0: let's give the audience a kind of like a background in terms of, you know, uh, how long you've been a Liverpool fan, how you ended up being a Liverpool fan and all that good stuff.
1: Um, I started, I was living in Tallahassee, excuse me, I was doing radio and uh, just started, I I got in with a circle of friends who were from all different countries in Latin America and a couple from uh, Spain and I used to actually call us the Trans-Latin Coalition because I used to say that if I had a, <laughs> I had a friend from Colombia, I had friends from Venezuela, from uh, Peru, from, I used to say if there's a vowel at the end of your country, I'd probably know someone from there. <laughs> and they were all big football fans, and I wasn't really a big sports guy at all, but I knew that I kind of probably would like football more than uh, American football or baseball, because or, I'd tried all those and they bored me to tears. Um and I think it was, I'm not sure which, which year it was, I, there was a, it was a World Cup year, I think, I want to say 2004, that was a, there was a Men's World Cup that year, or possibly 2002, whichever one of those had a Men's World Cup. And they were going out to watch the games, and I started going out to watch the games with them. Uh, most notably, I was at a Brazil-Argentina game, which was the biggest, craziest party I'd ever been to in my life, and it was amazing, it was half the crowd, uh, in a, I was in a um, Cuban restaurant that a friend of mine owned in Tallahassee called Gordo's, and the capacity of the place was about 100, and we had about 350 people in there watching <laughs> watching this match, and it wasn't even a final. And it was half blue and half uh, gold, and it was just great. I'd never seen an atmosphere like that where people were, were uh, trash-talking but also having a good time together, and I can't even remember who won. I just remember being really struck by it. The vibe, and after that, my buddy, who was from, uh, whose family's from Valencia in Spain, he invited me over at some point to watch a Liverpool match, because uh, Rafa Benitez had recently started coaching, uh, managing Liverpool, so he was now a Liverpool fan, and he wanted me to come over and watch with him. So uh, I just got into it. I was watching uh, Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher and uh, these amazing players, and you know, watching the game, the way it's really supposed to be played and watching really skilled players play it, Gerard in particular, like, really got my attention and got me into it. And then when, uh, Fernando Torres came on and the things that he and Stevie did together up front was, I mean, for me as a, as a musician, it was like watching Mick Jagger and Keith Richards or something. <laughs> I had never seen that much, like, creativity and brilliance. So, yeah, from there on, I just became a Madhouse fan and, uh, I kept meeting people throughout my life who would become my best friends and uh, turned out they were Liverpool fans also or would go the other way around. I'd meet somebody watching Liverpool and we would become real friends in real life, you know, beyond that. And that became, uh, it just it, it snowballed. So that'd be from about 2004, 2005, I guess, to about now where I find myself in Miami and I let one of those great friends who I met watching here in Miami talk me into helping him start the first official Liverpool supporters club for Miami. And now it's even more a part of my life. It's uh, pretty much every Saturday or Sunday and a lot of times in between.
0: And how did that come about? Like, where did the needs come from?
1: Uh, You mentioned, like, you kind of, like, lured you into it. I mean, uh, how did he sell it to you? (laughs) Well, we had been, we, we were really just a group of people. There were probably seven or eight of us at the most. Looking for a place to watch the games. I mean, we started at this one place, and it got so that was owned by a Brit in Miami, and it, and he was a Liverpool fan, and he sold the place, and the new management just wasn't keeping up with watching all the with letting us watch all the games, and then we go to another place, and with a guy that you know would let us in early to watch the games, and then he would get fired, and then we'd go to another place, and you know if there would go to another place, and if there was a conflict with NFL or something, we couldn't turn on the audio because they would want to watch the NFL. They'd have to get the audio for the NFL. So we were just like this group of second-class citizens bouncing around <laughs> from one bar to another trying to watch a Liverpool match, you know, every weekend. And we, we just decided, you no, know, we need to get our own place somehow. And the way to do that was to start an official club because not only – because it's one of the requirements. You need to have – in order to be an official club, you need to have a bar that's going to open for all of your matches. And our chairman – is a guy who'd done a lot of work with a lot of the bars, uh, selling them equipment around Miami. And he found us a place called uh, Gramps Bar, which is in uh, the Wynwood district, and got them convinced them to open up for us because he said that we would get a big crowd in there because we knew there was a crowd. We knew that Miami was full of reds, but it's so spread out, there's very few of them in any particular place at any particular time. So we wanted to have, I mean, we knew that there was a great club in Fort Lauderdale that we would go up and watch with them a lot, but we knew that we had the population. We knew that we had the, the numbers. We knew that we had the, the spirit here in town, and there's a lot of uh, Man United <coughs> fans in, in Miami and a lot of city fans and a lot of other, but uh, we knew that we had an army that just wanted to have a place to get together, so we just decided to give them a place. And so far it's worked out.
0: And is that like a difficult process? Because I know like one of the things I get asked is, you know, there are like several people trying to kind of like form their supporter clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, are there any tips that you would have for these guys to kind of like speed up the process or kind of like reach? I mean, obviously with social media, it's a bit easier to uh, reach a wider audience now. But yeah, you know, what yeah. what do you recommend as
1: like the best way to go about it? Um, well uh, if you if you just if you know that you're in a town that that loves uh, Liverpool and you want this uh, awesome responsibility and awesome in a good way and a uh, sometimes difficult way, then you need. I mean, there's there's certain uh, criteria that you have to meet for the club. You have to have 15 people on your club who are also registered through LFC. They have to have an LFC uh, member card, which costs you like I think it's 32, 35 bucks for a year. And you need 15 people who have their member number. And then you need three officers or, you know, people you can call officers. And then you just, like I said, you need to find a place that's a bar that's sympathetic to opening. Um, sometimes at 730 in the morning to let you come in and drink beer. That's probably the hardest part. And, yeah, I recommend using social media to find all of those things. We were kind of, uh, it took us a little bit longer than we wanted to because we were a little bit, reluctant to use social media because like I said Miami being such a big place we were actually concerned that somebody else might beat us to it and we didn't want that to happen we didn't want we we wanted to you know have our we wanted to start the club we didn't want to be you know guests in somebody else's club it's just our egos and uh, so we we didn't use social media we used mainly word of mouth to get our first 15 people together but, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you've if you got a town you know that everybody in it wants a club or enough people in it want a club, um, I would recommend, you know, starting a social media page for it before you even become official and just say, hey, we're trying to get official. This is what we need. Who wants in? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Is just like we already, with through the social media, you're already in contact with like a lot of Liverpool supporters. But sometimes you don't even know where people are at. You just know them as like somebody on Facebook who is also a Liverpool fan or on Twitter or whatever. It's kind of like putting those pieces together and figuring out that, hey, you live two blocks away from me kind of thing. So, so let me ask you this, because I thought, you know, the way you kind of got into it was like an interesting story, uh, not only Liverpool-wise, but the sport itself what's made football more attractive to you compared to uh, baseball or American football or like a traditional American sport, let's say?
1: Probably the pacing. The pacing of it and the creativity of it. Especially when I started noticing that, well, watching the World Cup with people who knew what they were looking at, I started noticing difference in styles between uh, different nations. I mean, like two countries can play a completely different game that, you know is they're playing the same game, but they play it in such a different way that it's like the difference between someone playing jazz music and someone playing classical music and i just uh I just really enjoyed especially in in the premier League i mean I found out later on that all the other European leagues call the Premier League the tough one because you know it just it has got the uh it's it's you, you have to have a certain level of skill to even be in it, and I just really enjoyed the pacing i like the fact that. As opposed to uh, baseball, it just keeps moving. I mean, no offense to anybody who likes baseball or American football. I also, I, I watch American football on the college level, but, and I enjoy it, but it, I I liked the fact that uh, football didn't have a commercial break every 25 seconds and <laughs> that it didn't take four hours to finish a 90-minute game. Um and i just uh i just like the style and 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 the the images of the players and the way that they handle themselves a lot of times and there's uh you know there's there's heroes and there's villains it's a little bit like professional wrestling in that way we all know there's you know players on certain teams that we don't like for various reasons and that's always fun to have which you don't normally have that in other sports you don't have uh somebody that you enjoy booing in particular but um just all of those things, just just the the. I mean, not to be cliche about the beautiful game, but just the beauty of it, and also the uh, the camaraderie, which I found among fans was a little bit different than just hanging out with uh, fans of your local NFL or uh, major league baseball team.
0: Yeah, I think it's like a different level of passion. I always compare it. To, I mean, I'm originally from like Turkey, and I'm um, yeah. much a Fan. And I think it's partially because, especially in Europe, uh, it's everything is a lot more focused on the game itself, the football. Uh, whereas, you know, American sports is almost divided into seasons. So if your team is, like, in a rebuilding mode, you kind of, like, wait till the NBA. If that NBA, if your city's NBA team is not doing well, you're kind of looking for, like, the next hockey season and, like, kind of, like, revolves around that way. Whereas I, I always feel like, you know, football in Europe is almost, like, take your passion for your you know, uh, hockey, like NHL, uh, NBA, and NFL teams and combine it into one. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, brings, like, that much more passion. And like you're saying, I think watching with people, a lot of people, like, when they watch football, I mean, I think it's with anything. I mean, I watch sports that I'm not familiar with, and it's kind of, like, harder to get into and understand unless you're really trying hard. It really helps to have some people to watch it with, like you're saying, to kind of okay. show you all yeah.
1: the intricacies, and you're like, oh, now I get it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the other thing is I always, like I said, the the way I got into football heavily it was hanging out with people who were international, who were like from every, from all different countries, and I could, I've I've always enjoyed that surrounding myself with people who aren't from uh, the U.S. and don't know all the same things that I do, and know things that I don't know, and people that I can. Uh, learn from and, and enjoy hanging out with uh you know from a cultural standpoint and that's i find that that's a bigger i mean there, you know in the u.s there's a lot of people from other places and some of them will watch nfl and some of them will watch basketball and baseball but when you go to watch uh like a liverpool you you'll see i mean you, you're, you there's a lot more percentage of people who are international based especially now that we've uh uh, established the club in Miami because Miami has, is a huge international uh, people who live here and people who travel through here what I love about it uh, being at Gramps for a match is almost pretty, pretty much every match we have at least two or three people who are there visiting from other countries and they're just in Miami and they've, and they've looked for they've gone online and said where can we find the Liverpool match and they've come out and they've packed a shirt that's what amazes me. They always, Liverpool <laughs> fans, no matter where they're from, if they're traveling thousands of miles from home, they'll always bring a shirt so that everybody at some point knows they're Liverpool. And I know, I-, I
0: do. There's always, wherever I go,
1: there's just in case a game pops up, I guess I always have a couple of jerseys and luggage. <laughs> yeah, I learned that from them. I didn't used to do that. Now I'm going to start doing that. But, uh, you know, I love I love that about it, too, because you get to learn a lot about people from other countries. and um and I think one, we had one match where we had people from seven different countries. And not just like England and, and France. I'm talking about like uh, Norway and, uh, uh, you know, countries in Eastern Europe. We get people from everywhere. You know, and, we, and some of them, their English isn't that great. And they'll apologize for it when they introduce themselves. But, you know, you start singing uh, Ale, 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 and they're right there with you. I mean... <laughs> you know they know all the words to all the to, to the they they can sing the mosala song but you know they may not be able to to uh really carry on a conversation in english but you know they they've got the songs and they've and uh you know they're fully they're fully in there for the experience i think that's amazing
0: so in terms of like the group itself like uh, the sports club uh what kind of activities do you guys have i mean obviously you know aside from like the game watching do you guys do
1: fundraisers and things of that sort we're working up to that. We're this is uh, the beginning of our second season. We had a uh, last season was our first season, which uh, we weren't sure how it was going to take off. And uh, I was, I mean, I was amazed from the very beginning. I'll never forget the first the first match that I walked into the bar for. I was expecting three people to be there, and I walked in, and there were probably twenty five people, and I didn't, I hardly knew any of them. You know, <laughs> so that was a great start. And then we also from there we went on to be featured on NBC Sports as one of the teams during a fan fest where the NBC Sports, Rebecca Lowe, and all those guys go to a city. In this case, they went to Boston, I think. And they cut away during the broadcast to, to show – they put a camera in different bars, and they chose us as one of the bars. And so we were featured on NBC Sports our first season out, and then we had, you know, this enormous um, <clears throat> Champions League final, which also had some sort of – we had a little bit of uh, internet NBC presence for – Um, so we hadn't gotten around to fundraising. We're going to be doing some fundraising. I also do a, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, part of the local music scene in Miami. I do a podcast called the imaginary radio network. We feature, uh, independent music from all over the world, really. Uh, but I'm also a musician and I've done some, uh, some show promoting and stuff like that. So I've got, you know, a lot of bands on speed dial. and I'm going to be, Um, uh, We want to be doing concerts and stuff. Uh, We want to do fundraisers. We want to do things like that. That's awesome. uh, I mean, you have a lot of contacts that would definitely help with that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, we we have an added thing because, like I said, I I sing and I play guitar. So I do, during the big matches, I get on the stage at Gramps and I do, uh, I lead a sing-along for the crowd. So that's a little extra element that I think Miami has that not a lot of different, not a lot of other clubs have to offer.
0: Oh man, it's like a concert and game in one sounds like. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's I I like to think that our our uh, atmosphere is is a little bit more uh amped up than a lot of clubs. Not to put them down, it's just it just happens to be that I I have a habit of bursting into song at full volume for no reason. <laughs> so, and I'm not I'm I'm not afraid to sing alone, so there there will be times that I'm, you know, standing on a, on, a, uh, on a bench or a chair in the bar singing and just... I'll keep going even if nobody joins me right away. Somebody usually does, but...
0: So do you find it easier with the team's recent success? And obviously ever since, like, club came over, I mean, you've kind of, like, seen uh, some of the darker days uh, and now, like, this recent success. Do you find it a lot easier
1: to... Or more fans coming out, like, more newer
0: fans coming to join?
1: Yeah, I, yeah think so. I think so. Uh, I'm I'm waiting to see that this season because this was I this is the I have been through a lot of the ups and downs with the team and with other and with our with, with my fellow fans, but this is the uh the highest, you know, I'm knocking on wood. This is the highest point that we've been at so far, I think that I've that I've seen us and at least the highest uh um steady point, at least the highest uh, consistent Point. We've had some peaks before, but that just you know they were just setting us up for bigger falls. So yeah, I think I think there's going to be a lot more people coming out now. I think people are going to be uh, keying into Liverpool as maybe their alternative to to some of the other you know teams that people would just automatically choose because there are other teams that I mentioned before that have a bigger uh, marketing presence. I'm going to say. And so that uh, Westerners, particularly people in in the U.S., just gravitate to them because they have that image that's easier to find. But Mm -hmm. I think there's 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 something there's something that sets Liverpool supporters apart. And I think you get that when you when you spend any time at all hanging out with a bunch of them. There's just something there's a realness, there's there's a genuineness and an actual like camaraderie and actual bonding that happens. And it stays there whether we're winning or losing.
0: Yeah, very well said. That's Something like it's, almost like has
1: to be experienced because it's kind of like hard to
0: explain and, y- you know, even show, it's almost like you have to be there. And that's why I think, you know, like any fans coming out to these events, even if it's like a game watching, kind of like your very first experience of like watching a game. I mean, that's how you kind of like fall in love. A lot of the fans, you know, that are like newer fans that I talked to on like American Scouter. I mean, that's kind of like how they fell in love. They just watch people and were amazed with their passion. And then before you know it,
1: you're one of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we have the,
1: our our, um, our bar is not really a dedicated football bar, except for us. We sort of added that element. It was a place that, it's it's a place where a lot, but it's a place where a lot of people they they normally open at 11 a.m. and it's a place where a lot of people like it's in an area where a lot of people go to brunch, and they'll like go out at at noon and they'll have brunch, and then they'll come in for a cocktail. And when they get there, they'll see like 50 people all dressed in the same colors screaming at a football game. And it's not uncommon at all. And It's one of my favorite things about being in that situation that I'll I'll turn away from the game and I'll notice that there's a, there's one group of people in the bar that are watching the game. And then there's another group of just people who came to the bar and they're watching us watch the game <laughs> and they're just stunned. They're going, what's what's going on here? I don't live what's what's liv is that that's not brazil what is that you know and we we explained that's liverpool it's a, it's a small industrial town over in england that most of us have never even been to but you know but this is how we celebrate this is how we celebrate
0: so uh let me ask you this over oh, I mean obviously it's a lot easier now, but would the last season be your probably favorite since you become a Liverpool fan? Um
1: the what, oh the favorite season? It's yeah it's been it's been the most like I said, I've we've had other exciting seasons, but we've always kind of been prepared for a fall. Like we've always had uh I, I've talked about us uh before with other people is having an injury curse that I think, you know, and I think that, that culminated with, uh, with the 2018 champions league final where, uh, due to somebody whose name I won't mention, cause I don't want to spit. Um, <laughs> we, we lost, we lost the guy that most of our hopes were riding on for that game to an injury. And we knew at that moment. I mean, I remember, I'll never forget the day that that happened. I was, in, I was again in a bar with, uh, that was supposed to hold 150 people, and it had probably 300 in it. And it was just stone silence after Mo Salah was injured for at least three or four minutes. And then it went from that to a boiling rage that you could really <laughs> feel and hear. And it was terrifying. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to be somebody in a Real Madrid jersey in that bar at that particular time. But that that brought to a head all of the, the stuff that like we've we've been plagued by injuries a lot of seasons. And you know, it always will look good and then we lose this one or these two or these three players to some freak injury. And it and then we just start a downhill slide. You know, and ever since Klopp came on and the way that he uh Chooses players the way that he builds his squad is not about one or two superstars that we have to worry about losing. He builds a solid team with depth, and I think that's that's sort of alleviated a lot of that pressure now. That if somebody gets injured, we don't normally freak out or just give up. If we lose one match, we don't just throw our hands in the air. If we, if we, uh, heaven uh, heaven forbid if we lost two in a row. You know, or three, we wouldn't just throw our hands in the air anymore and go, "All right, that's it. We're drinking for the wrong. We're, we're sad drinking now. We're not going to be happy <laughs> <after> drinking anymore." <laughs> you know. So I think, in in that way, yeah, this is definitely uh, that was the past season was definitely my favorite season, and I hope that we can and we can maintain that and build on it because I feel like we have a stronger foundation uh, for winning than we than we did before, and we have a stronger tolerance for losing because we know. That it's that it's not going to be hopeless. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good combination
0: to have to to have taste the loss, you know, and the pain of that, and the victory itself to kind of like know the 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 complete polar opposites, I guess. And I think it's a good motivator for players. I mean, what I find with the last you know couple of seasons, even when we didn't you know go to the final and stuff like that, like two or three seasons ago, ever since Klopp came in, I think you just see a passion and will from the players on the field. So even if the results is not there at the end for one reason or another, you feel like everybody on the field gave their 100%. Uh, Whereas, you know, like sometimes you would see a game, you're like, they're just not into it, they're not awake, whatever it is. And you would almost get like frustrated. I find myself, even if the result is not there, I mean, there's the frustration of not getting the goal or whatever, but I think you always feel like, Everybody out there is giving their 100%. Nobody's taking a second off.
1: Yeah, uh, they are. And, there's, and there's, a, there's a unity and a support that I think is built in to, to our squad that you don't see in a lot of squads that have uh, a couple of superstars. You, know, you don't see, um, particularly under Klopp, we don't, we don't tolerate prima donna behavior. You know, Everybody's here. Everybody wins together. Everybody loses together. Everybody draws. It's together, you know. But uh, you know and that's that's another thing. And I don't, I, <laughs> I don't want to say. Well, I'll say it. I don't have as much respect for a for a fan who hasn't been with their team long enough uh, to experience some pain and disappointment. <laughs> because I don't. Because it does. I think it does build character to have struggled, you know, the way that we have. Um, as well as to win the way that we have. And I, I really, whenever I see somebody and I talk to them and I'm re- a fan of another team and I realize, oh, you, you've you only been there since they were winning. Okay, you, uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to make it. I don't know what you're made of. Special. Yeah. I mean,
0: especially, you know, for a sport club like you, I mean, as you guys get newer fans, it's not a team. I mean, I'm sure some of the newer fans are going to be there because of the recent success. But once you get kind of sucked in, I think once you look at the history of the club and, you know, other factors that makes the club so great, you can kind of differentiate it from other clubs that have some fans that's, you know, just bought the jersey and became a fan because they saw him win a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Well, name
1: names, but there's a couple of them out there. So, which, yeah, you know, yeah, it's oh like, I, yeah, you I know, could you story I, about, I could tell you a story about that without, without, na- well, I would name, not naming a person's name, but naming a color. Uh, <laughs> uh, sky blue. <laughs> I, I ran into, I, I, the, I here's uh, the, the level that being, uh, an organizer of this club has gotten me to is I the day before uh, <laughs> our last regular season match against the uh, the sky blue team. Um, I don't want to say their name just because I don't feel like saying it. But uh, I I showed up to the bar a day early, accidentally, <laughs> because that whole day i it was a Thursday game. I was a, a Wednesday and I kept thinking it was a it was a Thursday or something. I kept I kept thinking Tuesday was Wednesday. And I walked into the bar with my shirt on, my Liverpool shirt, and the bartender goes, aren't you early? And I, said, I was like, yeah, what, 30 minutes. And she goes, no, it's tomorrow. <laughs> and I went, are you sure? I'm asking the bartender, are you sure? She goes, yes, Wednesday. I went, oh, God. Today. I kept thinking today was Wednesday the whole day. So I was like, you know, she's a nice girl, and I wanted a uh, woman, and I wanted to sit down and talk to her for a while, just because I was like, well, I'm going to get traffic now if I drive home now, so I'll just wait. So I sat down and, uh, and had a beverage, and while I was there, uh, one other guy walked into the place and happened to be wearing the sky blue jersey, uh, brand new, practically still had the tags on it, and I said, oh, and I, I made a joke with him, I'm like, oh, you, <laughs> you got your calendar wrong too? And he goes, what? And I said, um, you're, you're here a day, I, I, was like, I just joking. I showed up a day early for our match, and he goes oh, do we have a match tomorrow? <laughs> and I, didn't, I just didn't even bother to tell him, yeah, it's the biggest match of your season so far, and it's going to decide whether or not we overtake you in the Premier League. But, yeah, we have a match tomorrow. <laughs> and then he tell, he's like, oh, well, I haven't been... I, I was like, how long have how long you been a fan? He's like, about, about three years now. Which I was what like, like, oh, we since, they, since, since they started winning. <laughs> and he said and he said yeah before that I was a Leicester City fan I went of course you were <laughs> <laughs> and I just from that point I just turned around and kept talking to the bartender <laughs> and I it think looks- that, that just that just boiled down so many things about some fans of other squads to me that I was like yeah you wouldn't catch a Liverpool fan going do we have a game tomorrow Well, <laughs> yeah I was I was a Leicester fan until Liverpool started winning
0: <laughs> <laughs> that by itself says it all, I think. It's just like I'm just root for you know whoever is winning that season. And yeah I, I, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, it's inevitable that you we will get some fans that are you know of that breed initially. But I feel like the team has so much more to offer uh, in terms of its history and culture that you will those fans will be there forever as opposed to you know, that guy might be wearing a Liverpool jersey now. Uh, after the Champions League <laughs> final, <laughs> so I, I think you know, like it's the club has so much to offer to keep those fans for the long term, as opposed to uh, just like a drive-by shooting uh, and just <laughs> just be a fan for a couple of years and like move on.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think that we, we might we'll probably draw some some uh, I hate to use the word bandwagon for anybody who loves Liverpool, but we might we might draw some fans of the moment. And but I think once they once they get a feel for what we're really about, you know, once they start being around real uh, long-time supporters, they'll see that, oh, this is not like, you know, being a Miami Heat fan just at the time that they were in the championship where there was a lot of that going on. You know, this is not just – these people aren't just here to, to watch winners play. They're here because they love this team. And they're going to go anywhere with them, you know, and, and I, think they'll, I think a lot of them will respond to that and realize, you know, this is, this is, more, this is more of a family than just a bunch of people who wear shirts and, and uh, you know, brag.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like you guys kind of, like,
1: have that established over there, the atmosphere.
0: So anybody who comes in this year will be there uh, for life and so uh,
1: hopefully we'll be a member of the Miami Supporters Club for you. Um well, hopefully. Oh, yeah, we also – I, I, I want to uh, also throw out there, because somebody mentioned it to me yesterday during the game, where I think we may be the only uh, – at, over at Gramps, I think we may, may be the only uh, – Game watching bar that welcomes dogs and children. Really? Yeah. yeah dogs have- are everyone.
0: I've heard like, you know, children one where especially for like, you know, uh like they might have it for a Norwich game, but not for like, you know, like a like a United game or something like that. But yeah, like having like a pet friendly atmosphere, that is the first one I've
1: heard, to be honest. Yeah, we do have they, they have a uh, we we have a large, pretty good sized indoor bar, but we also have a huge outdoor covered patio with a with a big screen and a uh a stage where i i jump up with the guitar and do my thing so there's plenty you know this i'm I, I i stop short of encouraging people to bring their kids or at least to stand next to me because i'm like when when somebody's standing next to me with their toddlers my first question is uh how are you with profanity <laughs> because i i just because there's a, there's a beautiful child there in an innocent mind doesn't mean i'm going to be able to not yell at that ref <laughs> You know, so I'm like, is he, is he okay with bad language? And they're like, yeah, he's fine. So, you know, I might have to, you might want to not stand next to me if you bring the kids. But uh, yeah, you're, people are welcome to bring the kids and well behaved uh, pets. And we have that a lot. Like we had a couple of dogs for the uh, community shield who were actually wearing their own Liverpool shirts.
0: Of course, having the Miami
1: weather helps. Uh, wouldn't be able to pull that off
0: out here in Chicago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> having like kids and pets outside in the Chicago cold is not going to work out. So you guys are lucky to have that Miami weather down there to be able to do the indoor outdoor action.
1: Yeah, we actually, I, I actually wrote a uh, I wrote a small anthem, a short anthem for us as a as a supporters team that that says we uh, we have liveer birds upon our chest and our weather is the best. <laughs>
0: That's not an exaggeration. I'm sure it is. Especially compared to Chicago. I'm sure it is. We got to put that on the... Uh, website as well for everybody to listen I mean anybody who's listening to this will be able to have information access to uh, what do you guys meet your guys websites you know like social media accounts and stuff like that so uh, if they're in Miami they can get a hold of you guys or if they happen to be traveling at in Miami uh, they can get with you guys and cheer the Reds on uh, Robbie thanks for joining us thanks for taking the time uh, good thanks. Hey, can, I, can I put in a, can I
1: put in a plug for my podcast real quick oh by all means by all means go ahead. Uh, I've got my own show called The Imaginary Radio Network. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, It's a podcast where we do, uh, I I joined, I get together with a couple of my weird and very talented and very funny friends, and we do basically what's a talk radio show, like a morning show would have been a few years ago, when morning shows on radio were still entertaining. (laughs) And uh, we just try to entertain people, we find things to laugh about, and we also play music from all kinds of international independent bands. So if anybody out there has a band, no matter where you are in the country or the world, uh send uh some of your music go to Imaginary Radio Network on Facebook um or go to info at imaginary and uh send us a link or a sample of your music and we'd love to play it.
0: Yeah awesome before really recording all the podcasts, definitely
1: What's that? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. I'm
0: definitely gonna give it a listen. We were talking before the podcast in terms of like you know the content you guys. have it definitely sounds
1: interesting, and sounds like it can be a huge variety of things. Yeah, we try. I do try to keep it interesting. I mean, we're we're very a uh, little bit ADD ourselves, and you know, so we like to keep things entertaining. If if, if it makes us laugh, then uh, we 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 leave it in, basically. Because if, we're yeah, laughing at it, <laughs> if we laugh at it, then any other strange people might be laughing at it too.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely worth to listen to. Like I say, we were talking before, and as you were like telling me what it's about, it definitely sounded very entertaining. So, and we definitely got to check out that you, you got to send us in the. Uh, the song that you made for the Sporters Club. That's going to be featured on the website as well. Robbie, thanks Great. again for joining us. Thanks for taking the time. And like I said, we'll have all the information for the Miami Supporters Club on the website as well. Uh, thanks again for joining
1: us. Thanks for having me on and uh, hope to see you in a match sometime.
0: Yes, we'll do it, sir. Thank you.
1: Take it easy.